Okay. So we are doing now Tuesday's portion of Parsha's Kairach. And for Sunday and Monday, we saw Kairach's Rebellion. And at this moment, we have the Jews in the state of almost revolt and God's glory appearing, God coming down in a pillar of cloud, expressing his anger at this offense. So in chapter 16, we're up to verse 20. God spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from amid this assembly, and I shall destroy them in an instant. They fell on their faces and said, God, God of the spirits of all flesh, that one man shall sin, but he'll be angry with the entire assembly. So God of the spirits means, Rashi explains, you know people's thoughts. It's not like a human king. A human king, if some people revolt, he doesn't know who's the sinner, so he's angry at everyone. But you know who's the sinner. So there's one man. Who's that one man? Korach. He's the sinner. You're going to be angry at all the people? And God responded, yeah, you're right. I know who's the sinner. I'm going to express who sinned and who didn't sin. God spoke to Moses saying, speak to the assembly saying, get yourselves away from all around the dwelling of Korach, Dustin, and Aviram. Remember, they were the main protagonists, the main leaders of this revolution, of this revolt. So get yourselves away, like remove yourselves from the vicinity of their abode. So Moses stood up and went to Dustin of Urim, and the elders of Israel went after him. Moses stood up because he thought, like, one last chance. Let me try one last chance. Let's, let, hopefully they'll be gracious. Hopefully I can personally go into Dustin and Avirim. I can quiet this whole thing down. And he expected them to rise up, which would sort of show their respect. But they didn't. Like, they were, forget it. And he knew, like, there was nothing he could do. They would not repent. So it didn't work. So therefore, he turned to the assembly, saying, Turn away now from near the tents of these wicked men, and do not touch anything of theirs, lest you perish because of all their sins. So they got themselves away from near the dwellings of Korach, Dasan, and Aviram, from all around. Dasan and Aviram went out erect at the entrance of their tents, and their wives, and their children, and their infants. Erect means like defiantly, as if they're going now to, to fight, to curse either cursing God, some say, or cursing Moses and the Torah. And the verse emphasizes they went with their wives, their children, and their infants. So we see how severe controversy is. Because an earthly court can only punish when a person has reached puberty, when they've moved from being a minor to an adult. There's the age factor, 12 for a girl and 13 for a boy, and there's physical characteristics. And the two combined would allow the human court to punish. The heavenly court only punishes when you're 20. But here, infants were destroyed. Moses said, through this shall you know that God has sent me to perform all of these acts. But it was not from my heart. Meaning, everything I've done is based on the speech of God. The fact that Aaron is a high priest. The fact that his sons are the priests. The fact that I appointed Elit Safan, if you remember, that was the, 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 the final blow for Kaira, was that Elit Safan, who comes from the youngest of Kahasa's four sons, he was appointed the head of this subgroup of Levites, and not Kaira. It all came from God. It wasn't from me. I didn't make these decisions. If these, now, how are you going to know that it was all from God? So Moses goes on to say, if these die like the death of all men, 
and the destiny of all men is visited upon them, then it was not God who has sent me. Meaning, I do everything on my own. And Korah dispute is legitimate. But, obviously here the point is that there's something here that's going to happen to him that's not like the death of all men. But if God will create a creation and the ground will open its mouth and swallow them and all that is there and they will descend alive to the pit, then you shall know that these men have provoked God. So he's saying either God's making a new creation, a phenomenon that has no precedent, to put them to death through a death that no person has ever died up to this point. It's not like an earthquake. Here the earth swallows the victim. There's no trace of their death. There's no trace of upheaval. And this is this creation that the earth is opening its mouth and swallowing them. And if that happens, you'll know that they're fighting against God. Another way of looking at this is if the mouth of the earth is a creation, meaning it was already created by six days of creation, good. And it shall up now and swallow them. And if not, if God never created this mouth to the earth, then God should create it now. When he finished speaking all these words, the ground that was under them split open. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them, that means Korah and Dustin and Avira, and their household, and all the people with Korah and all the possessions. And Korah was considered one of the wealthiest men of all time. They and all that was there descended alive to the pit. The earth covered them over, and they were lost from among the congregation. All Israel that was around them fled at the sound, for they said, let the earth swallow us up. So the sound that emerged from their being swallowed up that sound, either some say it's the rupturing of the earth or the sound of the people pleading to Moses to save them or the screams of terror of those who stood near the spot where Kairos and all of these families are being swallowed up, these sounds terrified everyone. Now, if you note, it says that they were swallowed up alive. And even though the earth pulled them down, it says that the sons of Karach were not pulled down. There was a place established for them there, like a shelf, <laughs> where they actually did complete repentance, and they came out of the earth, and they continued and had children, and eventually many descendants were very holy, which is what we mentioned earlier, why Karach, he saw, but the seeing didn't help him. His seeing of the future actually helped him sin and led him to sin because it made him think, oh, well, I see all these descendants. For sure, I'm going to survive. I'm not going to die. How could all these descendants come? Not realizing that he could die and his son could repent and they would continue and survive. The fire came forth from God and consumed the 250 men who were offering the incense. Remember, we have at the same time, we had Karaf Dasnaviram as the main protagonist explained yesterday how Om Ben Pelas was saved by his wife uncovering her hair. And now we have the 250 men who thought they too wanted to be like the high priest and Moses clearly said only one he was going to survive. Only the one chosen by God's going to survive. But somehow, I don't know, it's hard for us to understand how. They convinced themselves, no, 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 they're going to survive. They're, 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 they're doing the right thing. 
dealt with them. And they offer this incense, and they die all now. God spoke to Moses, saying, They tell others, son of Aaron, the priest, and let him pick up the firepans from mid the blaze, and he shall move away from the fire, for they have become holy. So in other words, there's a fire inside the firepan, and he shall move it away to the ground from on top of the firepan. Because these firepans have become holy, we can't just have personal enjoyment from them. Now they become implements of the temple service, meaning these firepans were dedicated by these 250 people to serve God. Okay, they were wrong. It actually caused their death. But that doesn't take away the fact that they were dedicated to serve God. We can't just now use them in a mundane way. As for the firepans of these sinners against their souls, they shall make them thinned out sheets as a covering for the altar, for they offered them before God, so they became holy. They shall be assigned to the children of Israel. So these people that transgressed, that, that were fighting with God, we're going to take their firepans, thin them out, and we're going to use them to cover the copper altar. And this is a sign for the Jews. Obviously, it has to be the copper altar because the copper altar was out in the open in the courtyard of the tabernacle. The other altar is a golden altar. Obviously, you're not going to put on a golden altar these copper firepans. And it wasn't visible to the public. It was in the interior of the tabernacle, so it couldn't be this sign. But this is going to be a sign to commemorate that people should say, oh, these were the firepans from those who disputed over the priesthood and were burned. Meaning, it's a sign, it's a commemoration, it's a reminder that people should remember not to fight God and not to fight the priesthood. A lot of the priests took the copper firepans that the burned ones had offered and thinned them out of the coating for the altar as a reminder to the children of Israel so that no alien person who is not of the offspring of Aaron shall draw near to bring up the smoke of incense before God and he shall not be like Kairach in his assembly as God spoke about him through Moses. So everybody should remember this so they are not going to become like Kairach because Kairach argued and led this revolt in essence against God. So this should be a reminder for people not to go down that path. Now we have a, a phrase at the end of this verse as God spoke about him through Moses. So Rashi explains that the, the, in the Hebrew it says, which Rashi translates as about him. Usually lo means to him or for him, but here Rashi says it could also mean about him. And Rashi gives other proofs where we could say this. So, as God spoke about him through Moses, about him, here in this context, he spoke to Moses about him, about Aaron, saying, what did God say to Moses about him, about Aaron? That Aaron and his sons are the priests. And therefore, if you're not a descendant of Aaron, you're alien, you're a foreigner. You can't draw forth to do the service. That's the first way Rashi explains it. The second way Rashi explains it is that about him, as God spoke about him through Moses, about him is actually a reference to Kairach. And why does it say through the hand of Moses? I just say God spoke to Moses about him. So it's hinting that if someone's going to be like Kairach, and fight over the priesthood, 
he's going to be stricken with Saras. Saras is a spiritual skin disease, like a leprosy coming from the spiritual source. And what in the world does this have to do with Moses and his hand? Because when Moses was by the burning bush, he was stricken on his hand with this Saras for words he spoke. So for that reason, anyone who argues on the priesthood, so to speak, is saying he also wants to be a priest and he also can be a priest, he's going to be like what happened to the hands of Moses, stricken with this Saras, this spiritual skin disease. And this actually happened in our history. Uzziah, so Uzziah was a king of Judah, and he attempted to perform the incense altar service, which is obviously forbidden for anyone who's not a priest. And he entered the sanctuary to try to usurp the priesthood. He being the king, he wanted to be the priest as well. He resisted the priests who were telling him he couldn't do this. And suddenly he received this saras, this spiritual skin disease, because of his actions, which he suffered with for the rest of his life. The entire assembly of the children of Israel complained the next day against Moses and Aaron saying, you have killed the people of God. You see what happens. They rebel against God. And then they're punished. And then it becomes Moses and Aaron's fault. And it was when the assembly gathered against Moses and Aaron, they turned to the tent of meeting and behold, the cloud had covered it and the glory of God appeared. Moses and Aaron came before the tent of meeting. And this is going to continue, of course, tomorrow with, again, God saying, forget it. We just have to destroy these people. And Moses and Aaron's response in, in saving the Jews once again.